Amen. Please be seated. Grace and peace, brothers, this morning. God bless each and every one of you as we're here together to praise our God, to give him all glory at all moments and all times. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers who are here. Also those who are father figures for others who may not have fathers with themselves. But thank you for your presence here this morning with all of our brothers and sisters in Christ, all of our visitors. We're so happy to be together. We are missing some of our kids this morning at camp. They'll be getting back at noontime around 1 o'clock. And I'd like to encourage the fathers, tell their kids they have to stay awake the whole rest of the afternoon uh, to enjoy Father's Day. Let's see how that goes, okay? (laughs) But before we get into our lesson today, uh, John Trailer uh, came and spoke to me just a moment ago. There's a brother in Christ in Oklahoma, a good friend of his. Uh, His name is Al Soaker. He's been going through a lot over the last couple of years, had 18 rounds of chemo, was able to go make it through the, those rounds, was doing better. And, uh, but this time now in his life, he's going to be going to, uh, to have some exams done on June 18th this week uh, for some lesions that are in his liver. And he's asking for prayers. And we'd like to get, lift a prayer up in honor of Val this morning, asking the Lord to be with him, comfort him, strengthen him, and heal him. Let's pray together. Dear God, we come before you because you are our awesome God. We come before you because you are our Father. And we thank you, Lord, as your children, you listen to us. We thank you, Lord, that you are attentive to our prayers, Lord. And, Lord God, we just come before you as your church family, lifting up our brother Al, Lord, this morning. We ask you, Lord, to strengthen his heart and comfort his heart as he's waiting to have these uh, exams and surgery done this June 18th, Lord. And ask you, Lord, to be with the doctors and the nurses and all those who are treating them. Give them discernment. We pray, Lord, for healing. We pray, Lord, for good results. We pray, Lord, above all, that your good, pleasing, perfect will be done in his life. Continue to strengthen him at this time. Strengthen his family and all those that's on his heart and mind at this time. In Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we have a great God. We have an awesome God. And we think about Father's Day and we think of all the things. I don't know if you see a lot of pictures on Facebook and things nowadays showing fathers, you know, taking care of their kids. And the next thing you know, the kids are being thrown all over the place in the, in, in the nature and all these kinds of different places and different things. But I want us to think this morning as we think about it, because a lot of times, I don't know about you, but a lot of times what happens when we talk about Mother's Day. Ah, Mother's Day is a great day. We're going to hear a message, an encouraging message. But fathers, I don't want you to be scared because a lot of times on Father's Day, it's like, well, let's give it to the fathers. They need to hear something that's going to make them be different. But God, praise God, fathers, this morning, we're going to look at characteristics of things that we want to aspire to, things that we want to be like, but also characteristics that's going to help each and every one of us in our lives. In fact, Paul, when he wrote the book of Thessalonians, is going to talk about God, our father. And he's going to talk about how they became sons, how they became mothers, and how they were fathers to them as well. And if you open your Bible with me in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, I'm going to put this down because my voice is a little bit loud, I think. I'll put it down a little bit for you. Chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, it says, For you know that we dealt with you as a father deals with his own children. And then after he says this phrase in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11, he's going to give three different areas, three different qualities, three characteristics worth imitating that we can look at this morning together as we look at these three characteristics together and the very first characteristic that he says this morning is encouraging comforting and urging 
And the very first one that I want to look at this day, this morning, is encouraging. Of course, we know what the word encouraging means. It also means exhortation. It means admonishing, to call to one, call one to one side, to call for. It's kind of the idea of a father saying, son, daughter, come here, call here. I need to talk to you. But in the idea of incentive, giving them incentive. And in the idea of talking to them, to let them know that they're good. But you know what? How did Paul encourage the brothers and sisters And in Thessalonians, as a father encourages his children. The very first thing he says in chapter 2, verses 18 through 20, he says this. For we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again. But Satan blocked our way. For what is our hope? What is our joy? What or the crown in which we glory? In the presence of Lord Jesus when he comes. Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and our joy. Amen. Fathers, encourage your children. Let them know that they are the joy of your life. They give you great joy. They give you great encouragement. They are the crown that you look so much forward to each and every day. That you may lift them up to let them know that they are worth something. That they have value. That they have, give them good self-esteem as they continue to look to Him. And as we all look at these characteristics, Lord God... Help me to be a father figure to those who don't have a father. Lord God, may I let people know and let others know that they are a joy, that they are a crown, that they are worthy. And you know what? Satan wants to try to make us not allow us to remember that. Satan was trying to keep Paul away from him. But Paul said, no, no, he's doing that right now. But you are still our joy. You are still our crown. You are still our glory. It's kind of like the prodigal son when he come back. The prodigal son, the son had gone off for a time. Then when he decided to come back, he says, I want to go back just to be as my father's servant. But as he went back to his father, he says, Father, here I am. I just want to be your servant. He says, no, son. We're going to, fat, we're going to get that fattened calf and we're going to eat. And we're going to enjoy this time. For you were lost, but now you're found. That father in that moment reassured his son of the glory he had as a son. Of the crown he had as a son. As the love he had for his son in that very moment. But not only that, as we're wanting to encourage our children, encourage others that are around us, to let them know they are crowned, they are a joy. Ronald Carson, you are precious to me. Amen. You are precious. Wow. These are the kind of words that we want to encourage one another with. But we want to encourage one another to let them know that you are precious in the sight of the Lord. Man, we've been talking about Ephesians. We have had his love lavished upon us. His mercy lavished upon us. He has richly given us all good gifts in Christ Jesus. All of these things to say that we are precious to God and that he loves us. But not only that, look at what it says in chapter 3, verse 6 through 10. When Paul is talking to Timothy, he's going to write him a letter. He says, Timothy, I don't know how you're doing. I mean, he's going to write the church in Thessalonica, sending Timothy. And as he sends Timothy, he's going to send Timothy there to see how they're doing. Paul's kind of concerned. Maybe they've forgotten about me because they had to be gone for a while from one another. But when Paul gets there and he gets to him and he sends Timothy, he says, we have great joy because we hear that you continue to walk in our, your faith and that you remember us. And Paul says, night and day, we have not stopped praying for you. Fathers. Night and day, all of us, brothers and sisters in Christ, let's not stop praying for each other. Amen. 
how we need the prayers. John, this morning, coming and asking for that prayer, he said, I know he's a long way off from here, but the more prayers, the more better. And we say, amen. Amen. Night and day, praying for those people in Thessalonica. Night and day, praying for our children. Sometimes they're gone. They're away. I know Deborah right now was in New Zealand. Now is in Fiji. Been praying for her. I said, call your mama when you get a chance. Okay. She did, thankfully. So she, uh, she listened to her dad and called her mama. So it's good. Barbara's been away at camp this week. Of course, we've been praying night and day for her. My wife was gone for a few weeks. Praying night and day for her. And think, thinking about these two areas here. Our joy and our crown. Night and day praying for, praying for your faith. And also in chapter 4, verse 13 through 18, when he talks about raising from the dead, he says, therefore, encourage one another with these words. Encourage one another with the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, that one day we will be with him eternally in heaven. But when I'm thinking about a father who encourages, who says, you are my joy and you're my crown. Night and day, I've not stopped praying for you. A father who is an encourager, and she doesn't know I'm going to talk about her father because she, she would probably get red, but I'm going to say it. It's my wife, Juanela. I tell you what, you know, when you meet a father for the first time, you kind of get scared. You know, when you want to ask to marry and stuff like that. That's why he was in Brazil and I was here when I asked her to marry, okay? <laughs> Long way away, okay? But I tell you what, you know, I love my wife. I love her so much. Then I got, you know, I've heard stories about her father. You know, he's a, he's a tough man, a strong man, known as the sheriff of the city where he was at, okay? And so you can imagine me trying to meet him for the first time. In fact, when I went down there the first time, one of her brothers got in the back room and did a really start what, Mark, like this. And I'm scared to death, ready to run out of the room already, okay? But it was just her brother, thankfully, okay? But when I met her father, I met somebody who was fired up, who was hugging me. But I tell you what, I've never seen the love of a father for a child as he, as he had for his little girl, Juanela White. Juanela Amarine at the time, okay? The father that God the Father had given to you in her life. I tell you what, when I got there, I was mesmerized. From the time we went to her house, he was there, patting her, encouraging her. Oh, oh, daughter, how are you doing? You're precious, you're lovely. All of these words all the time. And I'm thinking, you know what? How am I going to beat that? I don't think I've beat it yet. I'm trying. But it was such a love for her, him, for his child. What a love, what an encouragement he was for her. When she was in Brazilia, before she ever came to the States, going to te- come in here, she said, she called her dad. She said, Dad, I'm here in Brazil- Brasilia. She lived in Recife. It's about just a three and a half hour, four hour flight from where she was from. She said, Dad, there was a lady who invited me to come to the United States. Of course, I know I can't go, but there was a lady who invited me there. Her father said, do you really want to go there? Do you believe you can do that? She's, and he said, well, put it in prayer. I will be praying for you, daughter. I will be praying for you. And as he was praying for her, a few months went by as she was doing different things. He called back again. He says, I want you to know I'm still praying for you. How are things going? And she says, well, I've got the stuff that I need. And her father said, daughter, this is a dream that you've had that I want to fulfill. 
get ready to go. Her father was a truck driver. He drove all over Brazil, all over South America. And praise God at that time, God said, I want to make the dollar and the hay all the same amount, the same, same value. That was very good. I think, thank you, Lord, for that. And so she was able to come over here and through his hard work, he was able to encourage her through his hard work to do and fulfill the things that she wanted to do. I tell you what, I miss him a whole lot. And I know Ju does because he, he passed away young for, for his age, strong man, but had a, a skin infection. But somebody who magnified and showed the passion for a daughter passion for their child as I've never seen before and encouraging her to always do all that she can. I know you had other things in her life that were very hard growing up to go through and how was she able to make it through it? One, she was on her knees praying and she had a father who was praying for her and encouraging her also. Brothers and sisters, let's be fathers who encourage our children. Church family, Let's be the kind of people and have the same kind of quality and characteristics that we're ready to encourage others and let them know, I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so happy that we're part of the body of Christ, Deborah, that we're together. We're joined together by the blood of Christ. Not only that we're joined together, but you know what? Whatever you're going through, Doug Mays, I'm praying for you. Praying for you in your life and the things that you're going through. Dude, praying for you. Wow. What encouragement we receive. When we know that our brothers and sisters who are in Christ are, one, there to encourage us. They know that we have value. They give us value. They give us worth. They're praying for us. And they remind us, thank God, we have a God that's going to take us to heaven one day. We're going to raise from the dead. And that we can encourage one another with that. But not only does he say in this verses here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 11. He says, for you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children. He says, encouraging or exhorting as we understand. And also comforting. And as we look at the word comforting, we understand what the word comforting means. Of. It means to, to address one to whether by way of admonition or incentive. But it also means to calm and console a person. When they're going through something, when they're going through something hard. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 3 through 5 says, Praise be to the God of our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our trials, so that we may be able, by the trials that we have gone through, comfort others who are passing them also. Praise God to the God of all comfort. That is a quality of a father as well. A lot of times we think of that only as a mother's quality, right? For a father to comfort her children. But it's also the quality of a father to comfort his children, to calm them down, to help them through it. Paul, when he says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, hey, you know that when I was with you, I said that we would go through persecutions. And in fact, we did. But I want you to know I have good memories of you. Paul would say in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, 18, be joyful always. Pray pray continually, be joyful always, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Paul's writing to a church that was being persecuted, that was being, people were dying for their faith. How could he say these words? Because he wanted to comfort them with the joy that only Christ can give. And he says, you know what, you have become a model for all the churches in all of Macedonia, in all of Achaia, and for all the world. The message has ringed out from you. 
Because even though with all the position, with all the persecutions, you remain true to the word of God. Comforting him with the words of God. Comforting him as he says in 1 Thessalonians chapter, chapter 4 verse 13 through 17 and chapter 5 verse 1 through 11. Comforting him and saying, you know what? Even though we have persecutions, all of those people, all of our brothers and sisters in Christ who have died in Christ, they will raise again. Whew. What comfort. Because they were thinking if you weren't alive when Christ came back, you would miss the party. You would miss the banquet. You would miss the feast. And Paul said, they're not going to miss the feast. In fact, they're going to be raised first and we'll be raised with them. Praise God for a comfort that's like that. Not only that, he says in chapter 4, he says, I want you to know, or in chapter 3, I want to be there in the end of chapter 3. To lack, give you what you're lacking in your faith. To supply it. That you may learn more God's word for yourselves. He says in verse 13 of chapter 3. May he strengthen your heart so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy angels. What great things that we know. To know that our God is with us. To know that he is with us each and every moment. Comforting us. Consoling us. Wanting us to be like him. Wanting us to remember that God is faithful. In chapter 5 verses 23 and 24. Listen how he says this to him. The prayer he says to them. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body. Be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful. And he will do it. He will do it. Comfort. Praise God if you've had someone who has comforted you. Praise God to the God of all comfort. The God who knows what we're going through. There's a song about for king and country. It says, and it's one of my daughter's favorite songs. God only knows. God only knows what you're going through. God knows. Like nobody else. And he loves you. He cares for you. He desires to have a relationship with you. He wants you to be comforted with the idea of what can man do to me? Take everything I have, but you can't take Jesus away from me. You can't take eternal life away from me. In Christ Jesus, my Lord. And also, a God of comfort is there and knows when his child needs a hug. When his child needs somebody, God may send some brother and sister in your life to give you that word of encouragement that you need at that time. Isn't that a comforting moment? Proverbs talks of how good words and good things that we say are like morsels. Mm, I like to eat. You know, the other days you and I went to Jefferson and I don't know what it was. I mean, I went to the barbecue place there because we went there with Guilherme yesterday and everywhere I went was... Every day, every, the whole day, every, anything I asked Guilherme about, I said, Guilherme, let's go eat this barbecue place. Hey, Guilherme, you want to eat the cornbread sandwich place? Hey, Guilherme, you want to go to the fudge place? Everything was revolving around food, okay? I don't know why. But it says good words are like morsels. Ooh, it's good. Something good. Use good words. And then sometimes you don't even need to use words. We have a brother in Christ here. Who's going through a hard time in his life. And I'm not going to tell the story because I can't remember it directly. And I surely don't want to say it the wrong way. But I do know that he know his, this brother in Christ was going through a hard moment in his life. 
And this brother heard about it. And the brother drove 10 to 12 hours from where he was. Just in time to get there. And say, I'm here for you. Or to say, give him a hug. Just to let him know that he cared. That brother who received that love was Jamie Frazier. His father. Driven a long distance. Just to be there to give him a hug. Father. Be there to comfort your children when they need it. Let them know that you love them unconditionally. Fathers, and we know that we can comfort us. Jamie, did it have an impact on your life? Amen. He's shaking his head yes. We want to impact other people's, for li- people's lives for Christ. Fathers, we have these qualities that we're looking at right here. Of encouraging and comforting. And if you're not a father... Be a father figure. And then if you're a woman, you're thinking, well, what does this have to do with me? Use these qualities. Because these qualities are for all of us to use. To allow other people to know that God is there working in their lives. And above all, when we think about it and we know about it and we look at here, we as fathers, we want to be encouraging, we want to be comforting. And then it also says comforting and urging. Do you know what urging means? Kind of like what? I really want you to do this. Really want you to. But not to be, as it says in Ephesians 6, not exasperating our kids, okay? But really wanting to urge them, appealing to them. Don't you know how the life in Christ is? It's so good. It's so wonderful. Follow him. But also the idea of urging is imploring, making a firm appeal to conjure up something in a biblical sense. Have you thought about that? Well, what can I do to help my son, to help my daughter to want to know Christ better, to follow Christ better? God, help me to understand. Help me to learn, Lord. Help me to urge. Paul says it over and over again in the book of 1 Thessalonians. Some of the things that we are urged to continue to do each and every day. Look what he says in chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. As for you and other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God as in fact you are doing. And you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to what he said. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. To do more and more. Live a life in order to please God. God, fathers, we may want to urge our children to do great things in this world. But the greatest thing that we can urge our children to do is want to live lives worthy of God. Not only to live lives worthy of God, but to understand who he is and to let them know that love is what we need to do. Chapter 4, verse 9 through 12. Now about brotherly love for one another, we do not need to write to you. For you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do love all the God's family throughout Macedonia. Yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more. Urging more and more. God, help me to urge my child more and more to grow in love, to grow in faith. Help me to be that example that they can see growing in love and growing in faith, Lord. 
Help me to do that, Lord. Urging them to continue to be what you want them to be, Lord. And if we look in chapter 5, also in verse 14 through 15, talking about urging on, he says, And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. But always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Over and over again, urge, appeal, implore, follow Christ, follow Him. I know, fathers, we want to implore and urge our kids in the professions that they go. And sometimes they like it and sometimes they say, I don't want to know. But we can still urge. (laughs) But it's going to be their decisions in the end. And you know what, brothers and sisters, as fathers also, by encouraging comforting and urging the one thing that we want to do above all as it says in chapter 2 verse 11 and 12 for you know that we dealt with you as a father deals with his own children encouraging comforting and urging you to do what live lives worthy of God that's what it gets down to living lives worthy of God you can hit that thing Jamie at this time living lives Worthy of God. That's what we want it to be all about. I thank the Lord for my father who raised me, who encouraged me, who showed me hard work, who showed me what it means to be a father. My mom said, and you know, uh, you know, my, we, we, we went to Harding not too long ago with, uh, to see, visit Deborah, and my parents were there also. And my mom said, I could not have picked another man to be the father of my children. Fathers, be that for your wives. When they look at you treating their children, I could not have picked another man more perfect to be their fathers. And then also, those who are father figures for others. Lord God, Whoever you brought into life of my child that is now the father figure that I've always looked for, that I've always hoped for, and I've always prayed for. Lord God, thank you for bringing that person into my life. Thank you for that bringing that person into my life, Lord, that's the father figure for my children. Brothers and sisters in Christ, there's lots of people in the world who are out without fathers. And sometimes lots of people in the world have fathers who weren't the example of a God our Father. But I do also thank for my fathers, my father spiritually, those who encouraged me, those who exhorted me, okay? Exhorted me to be a better husband. Jew would have a temperature of 103, 104. And Jew would need to get to church. No, you, I got a temperature of 104. It doesn't matter, let's go. Fathers encouraged... <laughs> Fathers in the face encouraging me. Mark, you better not do that too much. Take care of your wife. Okay? Exhorting me. Encouraging me to do the right things. Fathers who were there for me, comforting me. When people in my life that I love have passed away. And fathers who have urged me. I promise you if it wasn't for urging, I wouldn't be here today. I would probably still be in Tennessee. Probably would never would have left there. I thought I never would. But because of the urging of some of the fathers in the faith, gone down a couple of different places, 
And praise God, wherever I'm at, I know the Father's with me. Amen. And wherever you are in your life, I want you to know that God the Father is with you. He's looking over you. And he wants you to be his child. And he is inviting you to be his child. Look what it says in that verse in chapter 2, verse 11, 12. It says, live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. This morning, whoever you are, Father God is inviting you to be part of the feast in heaven. He wants you to be part of the banquet. He wants you to be part of something that you will... You will have the right to be called his child, believing in him, as it says in John chapter 1. Giving your life over to him, obeying him, and having a new life and a new heart. Being raised to newness of life in Christ Jesus. As Romans 6 says, when we bury the old man, are raised to newness of life. This morning, every soul that is here, God the Father is inviting you to live a life worthy of his calling. Praise God that we've had fathers in our life who have shown us that. Praise God it may not be our actual biological father, but it might be other people who have been spiritual fathers in our lives as well. But this morning, above all, live a life worthy of the calling that God has called you to. God has called you, Henry. God has called you, Mr. Autry. God has called all of us who are here to live a life worthy of him. Thank you for the fathers in our life. Thank you for those father figures. And this morning also, if you're in Christ and you're thinking, man, I want to be a father that honors God. I want to be a father that honors these examples of encouraging, comforting, and urging. And you want the prayers of the church here that you can be a father, that you, the, the kind of father that you want to be for your children. We want to pray for you this morning as well. But above all this morning, Don't leave this morning if you're not a child of God becoming his child and receiving God the Father as your one and only through Jesus Christ. Come as we stand and sing. He paid a debt he did not owe. We hope by listening to this lesson, you have found a better understanding of the Bible. And through that better understanding, find a closer relationship with God and his son, Jesus Christ, our living Savior. If you have any questions or desire more information, please feel free to contact us here at the Dangerfield, Texas Church of Christ. You can find us at dfield.org. That's D-F-I-E-L-D-C-O-C dot O-R-G. Or you can email at dfieldcoc779 at aol.com. Or you can call us at 903-645-2896. If you are local to the Dangerfield area, we would love an opportunity to meet you and encourage you in person at 818 West W.M. Watson Boulevard, Dangerfield, Texas, 75638. Our meeting times are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Bible class and 10.30 a.m. for worship service, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for worship service, and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. for our midweek Bible class. Grace and peace be with you always.